are listening to the Crosscutting Concerns podcast. I'm your host, Matt Groves. Please visit the site at crosscuttingconcerns.com where you can subscribe, browse the archives, contact me, read show notes, and leave a comment. I'm recording this podcast on January 30th, 2018. My guest today is the creator of the Open Source Aspect Library, Peter Lorimer. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well, Matthew. Uh, just enjoying the zero degree Celsius weather here in beautiful Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. How's the weather where you are? Oh, it's uh, pretty cold here too. January 30th it was is the polar vortex. By the time you're you're hearing this, you've probably forgotten all about it, but that's that's when we're recording this. Longtime listeners of this show are probably sick of me plugging my books. Let's just get it out of the way. I wrote AOPN.net, available on Manning. Go buy it now. It's only like six years old at this point. Uh, that's enough about me, though. Let's talk about AOP a bit. That's why I wanted to have you on the show. Can you give me a short elevator pitch for what AOP, aspect-oriented programming, is and why I should care? Yeah, so that's a good one. Uh, a couple of years ago, I probably would have told you that AOP was useless for anything other than logging. <laughs> you know, nowadays, I've been able to pick out the concerns and I truly believe that languages like C Sharp can really benefit from aspect-oriented programming. AOP kind of allows you to be really declarative about those concerns, those cross-cutting concerns, and kind of remove them from the actual meat of the function. So you can see what's going on in the function as opposed to all that noise. So really, my elevator pitch is that a well-written AOP library allows you to hoist those cross-cutting concerns out of the code and reduce the signal-to-noise ratio, making the code a lot cleaner and easier to read. Yeah, that's a really good pitch. And you mentioned cross-cutting concerns, and this very podcast is named Cross-Cutting Concerns because it's originally a blog that was AOP only. Can you give some examples of what those cross-cutting concerns might be that you'd want to use AOP to factor out? The easiest one is logging. It's the quintessential cross-cutting concern. There's a lot more important concerns. Authorization is a really common one that comes to mind. And a lot of web frameworks have made that a, a decorator attribute and pulled that out because that's really where it belongs. Also, auditing of functions is a pretty big one, especially in industries where security is important. Though one of my favorites is what I like to call contracts. So basically, every API you've written has two type of contracts. One, the explicit contract that the compiler validates and then one, an implicit contract. And it's the implicit contract that I'm interested in. These are things like valid values of parameters, um, whether a parameter can be null, things like that. So either A, these checks don't happen, or B, they happen all over within the method uh, and really clutter up that code. I wrote the contracts library on top of Aspect to hoist out those rules and, and make it more declarative in um, C-sharp attributes. When I f was really writing this AOP book and talking about AOP, I would tell people that you're probably using AOP already. You just don't call it that. And so you mentioned the authorized attribute and things like that. Those are definitely examples of AOP. You don't need an AOP library necessarily to be using AOP. Right. And so this my, my question is kind of loaded one is, does every project have cross-cutting concerns? And does every project therefore need AOP? So, I mean, I've written plenty of Hello World projects that uh, don't need, <laughs> you know, AOP. But, uh, I mean, I would say any project with multiple modules, components, will have some semblance of cross-cutting concerns because you're going to have things that happen across those functions, across classes and things like that. Though, I mean, I think a lot of projects could benefit from AOP 
At this point, it's still a pretty niche programming paradigm, and I think a lot of people need to warm up to it to really see the benefit. Realistically, it's not you know, a silver bullet for sloppy code. It's a bit like unit testing in the way that you really need to design and think about it to get the full benefit of aspect-oriented programming. Yeah, and you mentioned um, what you called implicit contracts, and I've also heard that described as defensive programming, where you're checking for nulls and checking for stuff that's out of range. And and I have seen AOP used for that before as well. And you created an AOP library for .NET, and you called it Aspect. That's it's spelled A-S-P-E-K-T. Can you describe Aspect? I mean, I call Aspect a lightweight AOP foundation. It's all of the tools needed to get you started with AOP. It's essentially a, a library of attributes and a little bootstrap engine that does the processing, but by no means would I really call it an exhaustive AOP library. Uh, it's light, it does what you need for dealing with those cross-cutting concerns, uh, allows you to capture entry, exit of functions, and trap exceptions. Really the nice thing I think about it is that it's pay for what you use. So. If you don't implement one of the methods like on entry, on exit, on exception, uh, Aspect won't insert that, that call. That really comes from my roots as a native C++ developer. Um, one of the core values of C++ is you only pay for what you use. So, you know, I wanted to integrate that into my library and really keep it light. And when you say pay, you don't mean in terms of money, you mean in terms of code that's being generated that, that's not actually doing anything. That's, you know, overhead. So exactly, you're not, you know, making extraneous function calls and things like that that don't need to be there. Aspect was relatively new to me and you reached out to me and, and told me about it because, you know, I'm very much interested in AOP type stuff. But uh, I'm more familiar with the, the tools like PostSharp and Castle Dynamic Proxy that have been around for a while. Can you compare and contrast Aspect to those other AOP tools? I borrowed a lot of how I wanted Aspect to work from PostSharp. Uh, so I went through the API and saw how theirs worked and, and borrowed from that. Um, but realistically, when you're doing aspect-oriented programming, you're essentially encapsulating functionality into separate units. And then you're telling something to integrate those units somewhere. Uh, the technical term for that would be advice and point cuts. Um, mm -hmm. So you basically have three options. You can either do this by processing the source code. You can either do this after the source code is compiled and process the intermediate language, or uh, you can do it at runtime. Um, and so I did some research when I was building Aspect, and I wasn't about to write a compiler, uh, so that was <laughs> off the table. Things like uh, Castle Dynamic Proxy, um, the Microsoft Web API framework, they apply things to their functions at runtime. It's cool, but it, it, it's overhead. Uh, and I had that value uh, that I only wanted to pay for what I was using. So, uh, you know, for me, I said, okay, I want to do post-processing the intermediate language. So PostSharp, I want it to be like that. Uh, and I borrowed a lot of ideas from it. Hi there, I want to tell you about this week's sponsor, Uncall Me. It's a really simple service to help people avoid spam texts and phone calls. There's no app installation required. Uncall Me does all the legwork of getting you taken off of those lists. Crosscutting Concerns listeners get a $5 discount. That's 33% off if you use the link uncall.me slash crosscut. Now, this is not a subscription. It's pay once and use forever pricing, which I love. So check it out. U-N-C-A-L-L dot me slash crosscut.
Though PostSharp has a lot more functionality uh, than I've gotten around to implementing, I think you know the foundation that I put there is is pretty good. So one of the things that I struggled with in AOP and really coming up with a, a good way to do this was if I wanted to write unit tests against both the aspects and the the code that the aspects are being applied to. And so with, with something that at runtime like dynamic proxy, it was very easy to do that because the code doesn't combine until until runtime. With PostSharp, when it's comp- when it's combined at build time. I found that to be challenging. So what's been your approach to unit testing around code that has aspects and the aspects themselves? So I have unit tests built on the aspect project. I write the tests somewhat introspectively. So I know how things are going to work. Uh, I know what's expected. I'm expecting that the library has the post-processing because I can sort of tie into the back end, meaning I write the aspect. Typically, I have to do some types of work around with static, okay. static things to hold on, hold on to the entries and exits. So those are actually what's being tested is that static backend. It, it's not easy. Yeah, I definitely struggle with it. And I, I think I had a similar approach where I used some sort of flags to basically just say, you know, for this unit test, ignore the aspects. We're, we're going to ju- just test the, the core code itself. And then... The, the aspects, I tend to make them very, very thin, and they just make calls to other just plain old classes, and I can unit test those on their own. So that, that, that has been my approach in the past. I'm just curious to see, because there's been there's other approaches to it besides that. You, you wrote aspect. You kind of said why you wanted to keep it lightweight and, and low cost. Are you using it in any projects right now? And, and what are some of the reasons you decided to write your own AOP library beyond just something cool to do? It actually was a bit of a pet project. Um, that came out of a book I was reading on a family vacation. Um, I was reading Adaptive Code via C-Sharp by Gary McLean Hall. Uh, One section briefly touched on AOP, uh, and then in a later section, he talked about translating exceptions from a lower-layer API into well-known exceptions from your higher-level code. For example, if you're working with a database library, you don't want to let those database library exceptions escape Uh, You want to kind of trap them, translate them into your own, uh, and then you can have well-known error handling uh, on the layers above. Um, I think it's a good idea, but if you're surrounding every API call uh, with try-catch just to translate the exception, the code gets pretty cluttered relatively quickly. And my first thought was actually, hey, you could use AOP for something other than logging. (laughs) So I thought, oh, that's a good idea. And so I started writing Aspect. And... You know, a lot of people ask me, like, why didn't you just do that with PostSharp? Anybody who actually, you know, knows my development style or worked with me knows that's not really how I do things. I enjoy actually implementing things uh, from scratch for the learning of it. Um, and I was curious as to how to do the IL rewriting and, and that type of thing. Um, and so really it just went from there. And, uh, you know, the name came from, it's Slovak for Aspect. And because I was in Slovakia at the time, I was on vacation. So as far as projects I'm using it in, realistically, none. Uh, and it's not because I don't want to. It's just I don't have much for .NET projects on the go. I try to keep my C++ projects up to date and kind of working on those things. I think the biggest use of it for me is that contracts library that I wrote. Uh, and once I kind of get a .NET project that I want to work on, 
you know, I, I will look to that contracts library probably first. You were kind of the opposite of me. When I was learning about AOP, I decided to take a crack at doing some IL rewriting myself. I, and I think I use, I use Mono Cecil, which I think Aspect uses as well. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. And Mono Cecil is a fantastically powerful library. I basically did the simplest possible Aspect-oriented programming framework I could make with Mono Cecil, and I was terrified of going any further with it. I ran into a lot of problems, but that was part of the, the journey, you know, like running into those problems and working through them that I get a lot of enjoyment from that. So what are your plans for Aspect in the future going forward? Any, any more features you want to add to it or any more experiments you want to try? Uh, you know, mostly I would love if somebody picked it up and actually started using it. Uh, I do, I want to make it better and make it something usable. I don't really know where it falls down for people. I know when I use it, it works because I know how I wanted to use it because I wrote it. For the next extension is I would love to beef up the logging, release an, a logging library that'll do logging and auditing. I want it to easily integrate with Nlog and Apache similar to PostSharp, but I want the backend to be easily extensible. Where I was having a bit of issue was borrowing from PostSharp and how they do it. I didn't really find a lot of good ideas into how it actually works for PostSharp, so I kind of have to come up with my own. So that's the next area will be that logging. And like you said, logging is sort of the killer app for AOP. Uh, as we wrap up here, are there any resources you'd recommend for listeners who want to learn more about AOP or Aspect? In terms of AOP, I found the best place was the internet, but I'm interested in your book, so I'll probably pick that up. But I think the internet is a, is a, play, a good place to start. Anyone who's interested in Aspect can feel free to contact me directly. Uh, I'm always open to talking about it and, and working on it. And if somebody's interested in using it in a project, I would be interested in putting time in. I'm a really big proponent of reading, so I would really recommend any books that come out of Microsoft Press. For me, reading and, and exploring is, is really important, and I think that's important for people to not be afraid to look under the covers. Is there anything else you'd like to promote as we wrap up? I would love if uh, people would check out my blog, unparalleledadventure.com. Basically, I'm on a mission to demystify a lot of how things work in the computing world by educating people, giving them history lessons, and showing them that everybody makes mistakes. Every single developer has to make compromises. Everybody has written bad code. Uh, it's all about that adventure. So for me, demystifying and showing people what's going on, uh, that's sort of my goal. My guest today has been Peter Lorimer. Thanks for being on the show. This has been the Crosscutting Concerns podcast, produced and recorded by Matt Groves, 2019. This episode is recorded under the Creative Commons Attributions 4.0 license. Hosting for this episode was made possible in part by Microsoft. It was recorded with the help of Camtasia Recorder, Skype, and Audacity. Music is by Emma Groves. Mm-hmm.